Hello and welcome to the Cat Maste Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Peter Celestis, who is one of our wonderful Chatty Cats Care clients and cat dad to Bubble, a Burmese neutered male rescue from Thailand. I was really drawn to the story of how Peter and Bubble met whilst Peter and his partner were traveling in Thailand. It was such a beautiful story and I felt it would be nice to share this with our listeners. But before we go into all of that, I thought it would be good to get to know Peter a little bit more and understand his background first. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us um, today on the podcast, Peter. I've already briefly introduced you, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be great. Hi, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm fixed 56 year old um, man from Belgium originally. I've been in the in the UK for uh, for quite some time, 25 years. I'm semi-retired, um, semi-professional landlord. And most importantly, I would say I'm Bubbles Daddy. <laughs> that definitely is most important. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk um, a little bit about um, in 1996, you obviously moved to London and you worked for a corporate company for 15 years, climbing up the ranks. But after a long stint, you decided that you wanted to step off the ladder and change your lifestyle. Tell us a little bit more about that and your journey coming to London. Um, Okay, well, moving to London really changed my life. I I worked for a company in Belgium and and at the time Belgium felt very provincial to me because I was looking for adventure and excitement. So when I had the opportunity to come to London, I jumped on it and... uh, once here, I my career really took off, and um, I was I stayed with the company for a further uh, fifteen years, and um, I travelled a lot. I was um, uh, travelling for work uh, for a global company, and I, at a certain point, I felt that I wasn't living the life that I wanted. It felt like every time I'd achieved the next step, I was always focusing on the next step and you know the better home and the the better car and the better job title and and it never seemed to be satisfying so um (laughs) after a long deep soul search uh i thought it would be best to let go of of aspiration and try to be satisfied with less so I decided to liquidate what I had built up, which was primarily a big house, and I downsized, moved to a small flat to free up capital so that I could invest in uh, properties to rent out and have a 
what I thought was going to be a passive income. It wasn't. It, it turned out it isn't so passive as people make out make it out to be. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's been my my journey work wise. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I think it's it's such an interesting topic as well because property like especially now a lot of people especially um, the millennial generation are interested in kind of building up and saving to kind of get into the market and jump onto the property ladder themselves Um, and I know you decided to do that so do you have any advice for any of our listeners who are thinking about you know stopping what they're doing or starting to save up for for their first kind of property to invest? Well, I think there's a big distinction between buying property uh, in order to rent it out or mm-hmm. buying a property for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think from the point of view of buying property to live in yourself, I think home ownership is overrated. Um, I think in this country, it's a, it's a big aspiration to own the home that you live in. But there are other countries where renting is much more the norm, like uh, Belgium or, or or Germany. And renting has its advantages. You have a lot more flexibility, for example. If, if you buy your own home, well, you, you're signing up for a mortgage for 20, 25 uh, years. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge commitment. For people who want to buy property, um, to invest in and uh, and rent it out, I would really urge them to do some scenario planning. And what happens if the interest rates all of a sudden spikes? What happens if um, a mortgage company says that the house is no longer worth what you paid for it? Uh, what happens if you can't find a tenant? So uh, I think a lot of uh, planning is involved, uh, especially on the on the financial side of it. Also, you need you need to decide how much you want to be involved. You know, some people have this romantic view of you know you buy a property to rent out and then you go spend the rest of your life on the beach. And it, it depends how you do it. Uh, and and typically, the more hands off you want to be, the less return you're going to get. And the more hands on you're going to be, well, the more people will call you and uh, ask you to to fix things for them. <laughs> yeah so it sort of becomes like a full-time job in a way i guess yeah there are it, 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 it's funny because it seems that things seems to come in waves you know you i won't hear anything for months from any of my tenants and then one call comes and then it seems like an avalanche yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of calls yeah. coming from different places and i don't know where to start first yeah um, no, i'd also say that hmm. If, if if you manage um, rental property yourself, every tenant that you take on becomes um, a relationship that you take on in your life because you're dealing with these people. And, you know, I think it's important to make sure you're going to be comfortable with uh, those relationships. Yeah, I think it is important. There's so many property shows on television like Homes Under the Hammer and um a variety of other shows where, you know, you you some people have bought a rental property and then they've kind of had um tenants from hell in in the sense that they've just stopped paying rent and it's so hard. It's so difficult um in that situation to get your own property back and it must feel so 
deflating and there's so much pressure and it's like you can't just walk in and take back something that's yours because there's so many procedures so yeah I guess that is one of uh, the challenges as well to consider if you wanted to rent out yeah exactly fortunately I've not had this uh, this situation but it's it's one of the things that that I mean when I say scenario planning this is one of the possible scenarios fortunately it doesn't happen often but it can happen and you need to have um, you need to have a plan on how to deal with it. If you're really uh, if your calculation is too tight and you can't afford to pay the mortgage, if uh, your tenant stops paying, then you're really in in trouble. So you, you need a bit of buffer. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and equally, do you have any great experiences as a property developer? Like, why do you think this is a good route to go down if anyone was interested? Well, originally, the attraction for me was the idea of passive income. And uh, I think the, t- the the term is a bit misleading because, like I said, it's not as passive as, as some people try to make out that it is. But it is an alternative to selling your time for money. Most jobs, that's what you do. You're selling the time that you have uh, in return for a salary. And I take the view that, you know, time is the most precious thing that we have in this life. And um, I'd rather decide for myself what to do with it. Um, I've lost track where we were now. (laughs) No, I completely agree with you. I actually read something today that said um, the retirement age is 58 and the average um, time that people stay alive is um, their kind of late 70s. Um, sorry, I think the retirement age is the 60s. So if, you know, you your time ends in your 70s or 80s, then that's really not a lot of time to really live and enjoy your life if you've been working up until retirement. So I completely understand why it would be attractive to kind of do your own thing and have your own time. Because as you said, time is so precious. And, you know, we don't have a lot of it, we have to enjoy our life. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's different, of course, for people who, whose job is their passion. Yes. Um, you know, that's a different scenario. That wasn't my case. You asked what the great experiences were as a, as a, a property developer. Yeah. I think that, yeah, so, so one of the things that attracted me to it is I, I love architecture and design and I love realizing the potential of a place. So typically I've bought places that were run down and I've modified them and changed them and, and really brought out the potential that they have. That is, however, short-lived satisfaction because once a tenant moves in, um, you, you you know things things go downhill. And not mm-hmm. that tenants necessarily don't respect your property, but as places get lived in, you know things break and things need repairing. So, so that's a really short-lived uh, satisfaction. But I think that the biggest um, sense of satisfaction for me is when I get feedback from my tenants, especially when they leave um, and they um, they say that I've been a great landlord. And that's that's really um, very satisfying to hear. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about travel, because before COVID, you were doing quite a lot of traveling. What were some of your favorite destinations to go to? Yes, it was like tra- travel had become the purpose of life almost. And uh, <laughs> my 
my favorite destinations were definitely Thailand. We would spend um, every year a couple of months in Thailand during the winter to uh, to hibernate. And we would regularly uh, travel to Italy, where my partner is from. So those were like the, the, the two destinations that were always uh, in the cards for us. Yeah, funny enough, you're not the only person to say that. We've had quite a few people on the podcast who have also said Thailand and quite a few people have said Italy as well. Um, they've actually moved to Italy from um, other places such as Australia or, or even England. Yeah. So, um, yes, beautiful, beautiful countries. I haven't been to Thailand yet, so I definitely, that's on the cards. <laughs> Add it to your list, Michelle. I definitely will. Um, is there anything on the cards for you where you haven't travelled and now the restrictions have been kind of lifted? Is there anywhere you want to go that you haven't been to already? Yeah, you know what? I've, uh, I'm going to cool down on, on travelling. Um, okay. First of all, because... Because we now have bubble and it's yeah. fantastic that we can rely on services services like um, like the one you offer, uh, so that will allow us to travel. But I I don't really want to continue the lifestyle that I had and and putting him in the care of somebody else. You know, I adopted mm-hmm. him in order to be with him. So um, yeah, I think our travel will be reduced significantly. Aww. Second reason is is I, I, I want to do my bit for the planet and hopping on a plane every, every other week isn't really the greatest um, thing to do. So that's also a consideration. Yeah. And there's so many beautiful places like nearby as well. I recently discovered the Lake District and that was beautiful. <laughs> So, um, so many places on our doorstep that we haven't explored. And that's so nice that you said that about bubble, because I think it is so important that when you do, you know, have a cat in your life, it is important to spend time with them and build those bonds and, and let them be with you. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, if you if, if you adopt any animal, it's a responsibility and, and, you know, you become their life really. So, you can't just um, decide that you're going to step out in and out uh, as and when you you uh, you see fit. Yeah, they're basically like a child. Like if you have a child, you don't want to kind of leave them all the time. You want to be there and be part of their lives as they grow. So absolutely, absolutely agree. Um, but if someone did want to escape a busy city, for example, London, you've got so much experience traveling in the past. Um, is there somewhere that you could recommend that was peaceful and tranquil? Um, would you say maybe Thailand or anywhere else? I would say to anybody who's looking for peace and tranquility to journey inward. Meditation is a great way to find uh, peace and tranquility mm. and you can find it wherever you are. So I don't think that you need to physically travel um, in order to find peace and tranquility. I think you can find it within yourself. Okay. Is that something that you um, you decided to take on board as well? Well, it's it's something I'm trying to do. It's it's a it's a philosophy that I buy into, and um, yes, I've, I'm 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 on a journey with that, and. Um, I think um, um, progressively you become more satisfied with with that as a um, as a way of living. 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the yoga and the, and the breath work as well that you do, because I find that so interesting, seeing as, you know, this is the cat Namaste, as in Namaste. So, yes. you know, we're all about yoga here. We love, we love yoga, well-being and, and breath work. So, yes, tell us a bit more about that. So I, I realized that when I was pursuing a corporate career, um, that I was really living in my head and, and, and in my mind and I'd lost touch with, with my body. And yoga and especially breath work are great ways to reconnect with your body. And, and in breath work, you, you have access to an archive of emotions that are stored in your, in your body and you can process things from, from your past, but with, with simple uh, breath work techniques that that will enable you um, to become a more, um, I'd say, satisfied and, and, and balanced person and not so much uh, chasing things, which is so typical of the life we lead when we are living with our heads and with our minds. Absolutely. Is there anyone particular that you follow or where did you kind of get your inspiration from? Um, I, I just... Uh, did a search online and I found a few people who were doing things and I, I, I followed uh, them and I have friends who do who do yoga and it's it's it, I think it's a question of, of trial and error you find p- people that suit you better than others mm. in general the techniques are there and different people have different practices different approaches I, I, you know and I've, I've tried people that I didn't get on with or I didn't like their their style and, and other people that were that I felt more comfortable with. So I think it's it's for everybody to find find their way and connect with with people that suit them. And there's so many, uh, there's so much out there. Uh, there's really no shortage of of uh, opportunity. Yeah, I think especially during the lockdown, because a lot of people really took to. I guess looking inwards, like you said, and um, trying to find peace um, in themselves, within themselves, because you know there wasn't really a lot else to do, to be honest. So I think yeah, true. people really um, decided to reflect. I think it was a really, you know, obviously it was a hard time, but in the same breath, it was a good time because I think a lot of people really learn how to connect with themselves um and i personally felt like i kind of got back into understanding yoga and um i was very interested in the wim hof uh technique oh yes yes challenging that one yes i do i do try to embrace the cold showers though i think (laughs) it really helps um yeah yeah i definitely do recommend it um yeah i know that you also have other hobbies including crochet which is so cool and cooking because i remember the first time i met you you were busy baking in the kitchen so yeah tell us about those hobbies um and it's just i love crochet because it's such an old kind of um traditional thing to do so yeah it's nice that it's kind of like coming back into a trend again yeah, and Tom Daly's making it cool for guys to yes. do it, so that's that's really yes. cool. I love him. <laughs> I I my grandma taught me when I was little, and okay. uh, she lived she lived far away from where we lived, so she would teach me when I would see her, and then I'd go back home, and I couldn't really figure it out, and I would I would give up on it. I didn't really pick it up in in any major way. Okay. And uh, a few years back, I think three years ago, I was at, at my dad's and I found my 
grandmother's crochet hook and I thought, oh, let me, let me have a go with that and see if I can still do it. And uh, yeah, and, and, and surprisingly, I was still able to, you know, not very well, but I was still able to, to create something. And I decided to go on a um, crochet introduction workshop that was um, hosted near me. And I, I was, of course, the only guy there. Um, but to my surprise, the teacher came to me and said, my God, you're so gifted. You're so, so good at doing this. Wow. I, was looking, I was looking around at all the, the women uh, struggling with their hooks. And, mm. and you know, I seem to be, um, I seem to have a natural talent for it. And <laughs> I haven't really stopped since. And I, I really enjoy um, doing it because it's kind of like a productive meditation is what mm. I call it. Because you're always, you're always so focused on what's in front of you because you have you really have to pay attention on what you do mm -hmm. and that really pulls you in the moment and at the end of it you have something to show for the time that you've spent that you can give to somebody or wear or or so i also see it as a way to connect to people I, when i make something i always make it with somebody in mind and, and oh. it's always such a pleasure to yeah tell us about some of the things that you've made um, well, I've made um, blankets and scarves and uh, jumpers and uh, um, pillows. <laughs> I've made uh, amigurumi, little animals. Um, yeah, I have a, a godson and he, uh, he, he <laughs> for some reason, he was afraid of chickens when he was very little. So I made him a little crochet chicken to... Uh, sort of make him feel less threatened by the chickens. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. And I bet Bubble has enjoyed some of your, some of your crochet um, projects as well. Bubble is so funny. I have a box where I put my, uh, my project that I'm working on and Bubble will, will always go inside the box. It's got a lid. So he lifts the lid, goes inside the box and then sits on whatever I'm, I'm, I'm working on. So funny, honestly. Typical cat behavior. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, but tell us about this exciting project in rural, um, rural Belgium. I know that one of your friends is starting up something and it sounds fabulous. So tell us a little bit more about that too. Yeah, he, he has already started it. He's, he has a farm that, um, that has a few rooms that, that he rents out. And uh, so he's, he's bought a, uh, an adjacent farm, which is a, a big farm that he will divide up in. Uh, 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 there will be a restaurant, there will be a yoga center, there will be some extra rooms for the hotel and some residential units as well. Mm. And uh, it's a very ecological um approach that he's taking so all the um, um all the heating will be uh, uh geothermal all the electricity wow. will be solar powered the the restaurant will only serve um produce from the uh, from the organic garden so it's it's a farm to table uh, kind of concept so yeah it's 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 very exciting and and very very appealing to me because um, there will be a few residential units so it's it's a bit of a, a community with a bus uh, one of the fears that we had with the idea of, of moving to the countryside from having lived in London for 25 years was that we would feel very isolated and that it would be all too quiet 
so this this gave us a, a reassurance that yeah we would have the the advantages or or the difference in lifestyle that uh, living in a rural place would give whilst at the same time still be connected with with other people and the fact that it's a yoga center and a farm to table um, restaurant you know assures you that there will be people coming and going and yeah. you will have an opportunity for contact and lots of like-minded people as well which is so important i think when building like a community kind of space like this it sounds amazing honestly it sounds really really good i haven't heard of anything really like this before. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like a retreat, but like a permanent one, which is just yeah, it, awesome. it, it is. Well, you'll you'll have to come visit. Maybe you you can come uh, look after Bubble when we go to Italy. Oh my gosh, yes, I would love to. <laughs> wow, but yeah, let's um, talk a little bit before moving on to my favorite part of the show. I would love to know more about that all important trip that you took to Thailand back in two thousand and nineteen. Tell us a bit more about that. Oh uh, yeah, that that was a um, a seminal point. So we 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 do we've been going to Thailand for years. We go there in the winter, and and it's always a kind of retreat. You know, we do a detox, and we we do twice daily yoga class, and we eat really well, and we don't eat sugar, and we don't drink alcohol, and we come back completely rejuvenated. So 2019. Um, we went to Thailand to the same place we always go to Koh Samui, a little little island, and we were staying in in the, in the resort to, for ten days before we would do our uh, our detox program. And we were unpacking, and I I heard this cat noise, and I love cats, so when I hear a cat, I have to see the cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I stepped outside our our bungalow, and and I see this beautiful cat meowing and i call him and he comes running to me and i pick him up and he immediately starts purring and relaxes in my arms Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is really odd and um he he came inside and and he stayed for a few hours and then he left and then he came back in the middle of the night and and that went on for a few days and i said to my partner well we best not feed him because then he'll just come for the food and he's probably somebody's cat and I don't want to, I don't want to overfeed mm. the cat. But we were asking around and it turned out that he was, he was a stray cat. And, um, and so we started feeding him and he, he basically spent 10 days with us, you know, coming and going, waking us up in the middle of the night. I would get up at three o'clock in the morning to let him in the room. <laughs> and we would, we would let him escape through the bathroom window because when the cleaners would be at, at the resort, you know, he was afraid of them because obviously they don't like uh, stray animals being around the resort. And, uh, and he was well aware of that. So we helped him come in and out through the, through the back, the back uh, bathroom window. And then we, um, we went to our retreat and uh, we came back to, to London and, I kept thinking about this cat and I've, I had such regret that um, I couldn't see him anymore. So I contacted um, friends and people I know in Thailand, because like I said, we, we went there every year. So we know quite a lot of people and they asked them, please, can you go to this res- resort and see if this cat is still there? You know, we knew the times that he would normally come. He would come out five, six o'clock every day. and 
everybody told me now we went to have a look and the cat's not there and we asked the people in the hotel and they haven't seen him so so he's gone so that was it um it was a a holiday romance if you like and i'd sort of given up on it and um then of course in in 2020 in january we went back to the same island but we stayed in a different resort and i was telling this story to uh um, a woman who was who was there who also likes cats and you know, you know what it's like when people who love cats cats get to talk about the cats yeah. in their lives. So I was I was telling this story about this amazing cat that we met and stayed with us for ten days and I showed her pictures. And a few days later, I bumped into her and she said, "You know, Peter, uh, a friend of mine is staying at the resort where you were last year, and we think we saw that cat that you showed me on your phone." <laughs> so i said to my partner i said okay we're going there and her friend was 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 very kind and and she's a friend now of, of ours we saw her recently in london oh, yeah. and she said yeah you can you stay in my bungalow and sit on the terrace and wait for your cat so we waited for for the cat to turn up of course he didn't turn up and um my partner was like oh well let's go it's <laughs> he's not coming yeah, and then the the people who were staying in the bungalow that we were in the year before um, arrived, and I went to knock on their door and I said, "I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm looking for this cat." And I showed them the picture. Have you seen it? And they're like, "Oh my god, this is the cat that's been coming here and acting as as if he's at home." And he's like <laughs> laying on his bed and he's laying on his back in the middle of the back of the bed. And I was like, "Yeah, that's my cat." And I'm I'm to blame for that. And you know what's what was really amazing is that so the people who were in the in the place that we were the year before, hmm. um, the girl she was involved with rescue cats in China, and she was she was feeding Bubble, and and she really got got it that yeah. um, I had a connection with this cat, and um, you know this this was something special to uh to treasure so she was very kind and he said come here anytime you want bubble is coming in and out and but but i felt a bit you know i didn't want to step on her turf and and, and i know that cats are more attached to territory than people mm-hmm. so we we hatched the plan uh to try and get bubble uh, a permanent home because he 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 had suffered a little bit compared to the, the year before. He had um, he had a scar on his nose, and he seemed to he seemed to have some infection in his ears. And you know he he wasn't completely run down, but he he needed care. Yeah. Um. So we we decided to put up uh, advertisements, and I took a great picture of 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 Bubble, and we we tried to find him a home, and and we decided to. Um, take him to the vet to start the process of you know looking after him and getting him vaccinated, etc. Uh, all with the view to uh, get him get him adopted. Yeah, and um, that that proved not to be successful. And another uh, series of coincidences, um, we ended up with a, a, the original vet that we went to was was very basic and people hardly spoke english and okay. and the day that we were supposed to take bubble for his uh, vaccination bubble didn't show up so i agreed okay well let's try the following day and the following day we bubble turns up and i, I borrowed a, a 
cat back from the lady who sold us mangroves every morning and like my friend had a car and so it was, it was okay. a big organization to do yeah. this in Thailand we go to the vet and the vet was off sick and um so one of the ladies at the uh, at the veterinary clinic said but there's another vet you can go to so we went to this other vet and it was like we were arriving in a five-star hotel this was wow. like a, a veterinary clinic with a beautiful reception people spoke perfect english and it was really a few notches up where we had been before yeah. So I don't know why, but I asked, you know, do you have any experience in repatriating pets? <laughs> and they were they were so cool about this. Yes, of course. You know, which country would you like to uh, would you like to go to? And I said, no, no, no I'm I'm not sure. I, I just wanted to know whether it's a possibility. Okay. And I I was very torn because. He's a stray cat, and uh, he's used to the climate in Thailand. And I thought, if I bring him to London, he's going to be living in a flat. It's going to be completely different weather. You know, it's it might not be great for him. Mm. But um, at the time, it turned out that um, he had cat flu, and uh, it was very close. And the vet said, he really needs to stay here, and we need to isolate him because oh. it could get really bad for him. And um, so I, we, we left him with, with the vet and he, he stayed there and, and he recovered. And then the, the day uh, before I was to travel back to, uh, to Thailand, my, to uh, London, my partner had already left because the COVID really threw our travel plans up in the air. But I was still in Thailand. And that I was going back to London the following day and, and I just I just couldn't leave Bubble with no secure plan, you know, yeah. just, you know, I thought, what, what are they going to do when he's recovered? They're just going to put him out in the street and hope that he'll be okay. So I, d I decided to to sign the adoption papers and, and uh, instructed the, the vet to prepare all the, the necessary things for, uh, for taking him to... Um, for bringing him over to to London, and that was a good choice because what it, happened next? <laughs> well, it, about what it, it was like because it was during the pandemic, so it must have been quite difficult um, to to carry this rescue mission out. Oh, it it was. We had no idea at the time. We, we at the time we were even thinking, well, why don't we just stay in Thailand until this mm. pandemic is over? <laughs> we would yeah. still be there. Yeah. So that's how naive we were. So we thought, oh, this is a thing of a few weeks. You know, we didn't really think it was going to throw everything up in the way in the air the way that it did. Uh, but um, so Bubble was in quarantine with uh, with the vet in preparation for for his transport, and then we were in uh, in England, and I got a call from. Uh, from the clinic in Thailand, and they said, you know, we've been told we have to shut down the clinic. So your cat is the only animal here, and therefore the price that we gave you uh, to keep your cat for three months isn't going to be what <laughs> isn't going to cover our costs. Mm -hmm. So you have to pay for the for the whole operation. And I'm like, well, it's not really about the money, but I don't want my cat to be all by himself for three months in some cage in in a vet so that was that was not acceptable that, so we we started a journey of trying to find him a, a foster parent and this cat is so lucky 
we found a retired German nurse mm -hmm. who had a, a dog with three legs and a blind cat. And I thought she's going to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and she, so she was happy to take a uh, bubble until we would be able to, uh, to bring him over. And, you know, it, it took a while uh, because there was no, there was no travel uh, mm. options for us. So we, we, we couldn't bring him over. And, and as time went on, you know, I got, I got more and more um, positive uh, feedback from the fosters that, oh, you know, if you, uh, if you want, we can keep Bubble forever mm. because he's really, we're really taking a liking to it. And again, that was such a um, difficult choice for me because I felt, well, it's probably better for Bubble to stay there because it's a known environment for him. It's a known climate. And obviously these people care for him. Yeah. But I, I just wasn't prepared to let him go. And and uh, I just said, no, if I can bring him over, I, I will bring him over. And it yeah. took several attempts because flights were getting cancelled or animals wouldn't be allowed. And then finally in October, we managed to repatriate him and he, he traveled from Koh Samui to Bangkok where he stayed a day in a hotel and then he flew to Amsterdam where he stayed in a cat hotel and then he flew from Amsterdam to Heathrow where I picked him up in his cage and um, the journey from Heathrow back home I was so nervous because he's a very vocal cat like all yeah. Burmese and he was meowing in his cage and I thought I better not say anything because if he hears my voice he's going to become even more agitated so i put him in the back of the car it was very quiet and when we came in the in the flat when we opened his cage i was expecting to see a very um stressed out animal that had been go going through this journey from all the way from kosamui to london he stepped out of his cage. I picked him up. He started purring and he seemed so happy to see me. And it was, uh, and he was like, um, you know, head butting my face. And it was just <laughs> the most precious memory I have with him. This, this uh, reunion of seeing him here in, in, in London. And I was absolutely thrilled to, to have him. Oh, I've actually got tears in my eyes just because I know him as well. So it makes it even <laughs> more emotional. He's so sweet. Like we all love him. Like me and my team, like you <laughs> just think he's amazing. Um, and his meow is just hilarious <laughs> as well. So, so funny. Um, but what do you love most about having Bubble in your life now? Um, I, I just love him. I just love watching him enjoy his life and he's mm. such a hedonist you know he will <laughs> one of my favorite times of the day with him is in the morning he will he has this this ritual so in the morning he wants to go under the blanket i have to lift my knees so i can create a, <laughs> a, a tent and then he will lie on his back with his with his paws up purring between my legs and that's and he does that for about half an hour and it's such a joy to see this cat enjoy life you yeah. know when when the sun shines you know he goes exactly where, where the sun is in the warm spot and and he just he just he's such a um a hedonist when he plays he, he really puts himself into the game and, and <laughs> he jumps around and he's he's such a happy cat 
He is. And I just think it's amazing that he adjusted so well. Like a lot of cats who like were kind of stray cats who came from like the streets, they, they, I think some of them take quite a while to like adjust to kind of living inside and having a new lifestyle. But he, it feels like it was like always meant to be for Bubble. Like it feels like it's so. Yeah. He's still, he still he wants to go outside. That that's yeah. obvious. And he, he asks to go outside, and and when he sees uh, a, a fox or another cat outside, he he really he can get very agitated. And that's it's it's a bit frustrating for me because I never expected that life in an apartment in London would last so long. Because mm. I always thought that we would move to to Belgium sooner. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, he'll have to wait a little bit. I think he'll be very happy when we go to Belgium. There's there's a very old uh, um, hazelnut tree that attracts a lot of squirrels, and I'm sure he'll have a he'll have a blast when he's there. Yeah, because that's the next step for you. So yeah, do you think it will be a good place for him? Why do you think that he'll love it so much? Well, he'll be able to go outside. We'll yeah. we'll have a. a, a a bigger house it's an old farm so there's lots of um there's lots of prey for him there's mice there's there's uh, there's birds there's squirrels and um yeah I, I just think he will he will love being able to go outside we, we, the cat flap is already designed in the build and um yeah i think he, he will he will he will really like it yeah we have floor heating as well there so he'll love that oh yeah he will, he definitely <laughs> will. so ideally is that where you see yourself settling for the future with you and bubble and your partner um we yeah we think we will gradually um uh, shift towards that. I think we, we, our, our intention is to split our time between London and uh, the house in Belgium. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out how we do that with uh, with Bubble, but because there it will be will be part of the community, so there will be other people mm. who will be able to uh, to look after him. Exactly. Um, but but yeah, I think over time we will probably settle there because we'll have more space. We'll be more connected in nature and we're also talking about we're not talking about getting a dog or another cat we're yeah. talking about getting bubble a dog or a friend cat so yeah he's he's the he's going to be the main uh, uh, decision maker there yeah he needs to approve he needs to approve when he was with his uh, foster in thailand so yeah. she had uh, other animals and she uh, would send me pictures of him playing with the dogs and, yeah. and, and the other cats. So he's he's more sociable than most cats. So we think that he'll uh, he'll like having another pet. He is quite dog-like for a cat, actually. I find completely, completely. <laughs> it's but but that's what they say. The Burmese are the dogs of the cat world. Yeah. And, uh, it really is. He follows me around everywhere. He's. Uh, yeah, he's he doesn't have the aloofness that a lot of cats have. Definitely. Yeah, he like even when we looked after him, he wanted us to pick him up all the time and he wasn't satisfied until we did, but when he we did, like you said, he's just purring so much. He's <laughs> yes. so happy to be held like a baby. And for example, Ridge, he loved that because he loves carrying cats like babies and some cats do not like this but bubble yeah. absolutely loved it so it was yeah, like a perfect he, match 
he loves being high up. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Well, thank you so, so much for coming to talk to me. And honestly, it was such a good story. And I'm so excited for people to listen because honestly, Bubble is just one of a kind. So thank you so much. Yes, it's been a pleasure, Michelle. No, honestly. But um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and good luck for all of your future endeavors. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast, please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye.